please turn with me to Hebrews uh, chapter 11. And just as you're turning, uh, let's remember this morning that uh, today is not only <clears throat> memorial part of Memorial Weekend, but it's Pentecost Sunday. And uh, our bulletin presents Acts 2.38, the verse which says, Repent and be baptized in every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. How many of you are grateful for the Holy Ghost, <laughs> the Holy Spirit? Jesus uh, promised that he would send his spirit that would empower us and comfort us, would lead us into all truth and enable us uh, to serve God in uh, the mission that uh, Jesus began. And so we are very grateful on Pentecost Sunday to remember <clears throat> that it's by the power of the Holy Spirit that we're able to move forward. Uh, we've all tried to live the Christian life in our own strength, right? Doesn't work. It's impossible. But with God's power, it's possible to live for God through the enablement of the Holy Spirit. And so we need the Holy Spirit every day and recognize that uh, God truly makes us his instruments through the presence of and power of the Holy Spirit. Well, thank you for your prayers this last week. I was, uh, and of all places, uh, Belgium this last week, and I didn't know until I got there that Belgium is the chocolate capital of the world and the Smurf capital of the world. And that's an interesting uh, place. And I was there for an important uh, meeting of a group of uh, Christian educators talking about strategies for training leaders worldwide and we should be encouraged that God is doing a great thing in these last days and I say that with a sense of awe uh, recognizing that uh, what Jesus promised in terms of his word covering the whole earth in these last days is truly 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 coming to pass and there's an interesting reverse worldwide. The countries that were all sending missionaries 100 years ago to the darkest continents, the darkest places in the globe, now are receiving missionaries as those countries are sending disciples on fire for God to evangelize or re-evangelize post-Christian Europe. And can I say it? Post-Christian America. And I pray for that. How many think we should be praying for more missionaries to come to America? <laughs> Absolutely. And uh, we need to be missionaries to our country and our culture. And we need to pray that God would send more uh, missionaries. <clears throat> but uh, we are in challenging times. And uh, by God's grace, we are able to stand and to grow in our faith. Uh, and to be his servants uh, in this world. Well, I want us to go back to a foundational scripture in Hebrews. How important it is for us to realize that uh, God says, unless we understand this, 
it's impossible for us to please him. Is that possible? Well, verse 6 says, and without what? Faith. It's impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. So what's it about? It's about faith. And, uh, you know, sometimes uh, when I uh, come to church and I see that sign out front, Faith Chapel, I'm convicted in my heart about my faith. Am I trusting God? Am I leaning fully upon Him? Am I standing on His word and His promises? And am I living in such a way that really bears witness of the confidence I have in my Savior and uh, His work in my life? It's important for us to believe, to have faith, to trust in God. And so we have this wonderful passage that we come to know as the faith chapter, which gives us example after example after example of faith. Isn't it interesting that the way the Bible teaches us about faith isn't so much as dissecting faith as it is giving us examples of those who lived by faith in various circumstances. How many of you know that your faith is good for every circumstance of life? There's nothing you can experience. There's nothing that you can live that God doesn't prepare you for and enable you for. And so this is a pretty good you know, gift that we have. Faith, as we learn more and more to have confidence in God, as we truly trust Him, and really place the, the weight of our lives in His care. And we know that uh, the more we believe, and the more we obey, the more we grow, the stronger our faith becomes. You know, there's a lot of confusion about faith today. I, I, I hate to admit it, but you know, there's a lot of bad teaching out there in the church today. And you listen to some of this teaching and it's like they really haven't read what the Scripture says about trusting in God, about believing in Christ, and what faith really is. I've, I even know some Christians that are so confused in their thinking about faith that they almost talk about it like it's some kind of a magical power. So they can do these miracles that they want to do. You know, whether God is, forgive me, but whether God is leading or not, they want to do a miracle. And they want to have strong enough faith to perform that. It almost sounds like magic. Listen, we need to back away from all that magical thinking. And we need to ask God to strengthen the faith that honors Him. The faith which truly is the gift of the Holy Spirit, the fruit of the Holy Spirit working in our lives. And there are some interesting observations. I just want to focus on a few this morning. But if you want to learn about faith and be strengthened in your faith and be able to really help others with their faith, spend some time with Hebrews chapter 11 and you'll find that your faith will become much more uh, balanced. <clears throat> now, first thing I want us to see is the importance of faith. 
And that's what we just read, that without it, it's impossible to please God. There's no substitute. And some of us would like to put some knowledge in there or some good works or something that would somehow improve our stature with God or before man. No, faith is something that is unique, something that's required in our response to God. And as we respond in faith, God establishes us. And as we are established, we become not only faithful, but that faithfulness leads to fruitfulness. Have you learned by now that there's no shortcut to fruitfulness in the Christian life? I wish I could take, I wish I could give you a seminar, a one-day seminar on how to be three steps to fruitfulness. And that would happen. No, fruitfulness takes time because it's faith that's established and remains and produces fruit in season. But it's more about the faith than it is about the doing. Sometimes we get so practical, we think about the skill, the doing, the thing that we want. No, it's about trusting, believing the relationship which leads to fruitfulness. Leaning into God, trusting in His promises, believing what God has said. Now, look up at the first part of the chapter, and we learn some important things about faith. We know this passage, don't we? Now, faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. The ancients, that is, the the fathers and mothers of the faith, And why they were commended, it was because they believed. And so the first thing I want you to see after we realize the importance of faith is faith, let me just say it this way this morning, faith is about integrity in our walk with God. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's not so much about the doing or the feeling, (laughs) not so much about the knowing as it is the being of integrity and it's by that faith that the ancients were commended i don't know about you but uh integrity is pretty important to me as far as my witness goes as far as my relationship with the people that i love you know uh integrity is about about wholeness in the lord it's about consistency I always loved uh, uh, Jack Hayford's definition of integrity. He says, don't over-spiritualize integrity. He says, it's being able to hear this. It's being able to do what you say and say what you do. Yeah, that's the faith that we need. That's the faith. That's the faith that reveals Christ. I want my word to be good. How about you? I want to have the integrity that comes as the ancients were commended for their faith. I want people to look at us and say, you know, those are people of faith because they have integrity. Integrity. Second, 
By faith, we understand that the universe was formed at God's command so that what is seen was not made out of what was invisible. Wow, that's a leap. What's that about? It's about looking out at God's creation and seeing beyond God's creation to the Creator Himself and having confidence and appreciation that he's really there and he put it together the way he wanted to. You know what that takes? That's the faith, I'm going to use the word, that takes intelligence where our minds engage God and we realize he's a whole lot smarter than we are. And if I'm going to be smart, I'm going to agree with God. About everything. Because he's God. Because he knows all mysteries. And he reveals all that is needed in his redemptive plan. This is a problem for fallen man. Do you know what I'm talking about? Because through the fall, through sin, when the relationship with God was broken... Humanity was covered by a veil to not be able to see or know God. The sin issue, the sin problem. That's why so many extremely intelligent people don't believe in God. Intelligence can't get us back to an understanding of God. There has to be a redemptive work in our heart where God reveals, removes the veil, and we see things as they really are. And so just as surely as faith is about integrity, faith is about intelligence. How many of you want to be intelligent, smart, God's way? And isn't it amazing how so many people who are heralded as intelligent in this world are really, forgive the word, I mean, my granddaughter won't let me use this word, but really idiots when it comes to the things that are important. And there are many who are so very simple in terms of worldly wisdom, but understand the importance of who God is and what he has done. How can we look out at the universe and all of the glory the, the spectacular creation that is out there. You know, Romans says that the whole creation, the universe, all of the planets, the whole system bears witness to us that there is a God. And so it goes. So integrity, intelligence. Now, let's see just a few examples. And we've got a few minutes here. I'll continue next week if we don't finish because I think it's real important that we get this. Let's look at, at uh, the first example who is Noah. Very interesting example. Verse 7. By faith Noah, when he was warned about things not yet seen, get this, in holy fear, built an ark to save his family. And by his faith, he condemned the world 
and became heir to the righteousness that comes by faith. Do you ever think of faith as working by holy fear? Some versions say he was moved by fear as he changed his plans for his life and gave himself fully to building that crazy ark that nobody understood, that nobody wanted. There was no reason for an ark. It had never rained before, but he's building it. What did it take to get Noah to change his mind to commit himself to this new task and do something that was so unusual and hard to understand that he was rejected by his whole generation? It was a holy fear that God was going to judge the earth. We don't like to think about faith in those terms, do we? We like to think about faith as confidence and a good feeling of security. And let's increase in our faith so we can feel better about God and ourselves. There is the faith that realizes that God is God. Now hear me, that He's not only Savior, but He is Judge. And we are living in times where we as believers, as a church, need to be shaken out of our complacency to remember that Jesus promised to come back and judge the whole world. And we better be with Him on His throne when that takes place, or we will be lost just as surely as all those who have rejected the gospel who have turned away from God. For surely the Bible teaches about a heaven and a hell, that just as surely as there is grace, there is judgment. Now this isn't a popular way to preach these days. Have you noticed? We don't, uh, it sounds too negative. It's too threatening. Yet it's very biblical. And the judgment which we find in Scripture is the reality that every Christian must face. Listen, this is how it works. Either our sins, we agree with Jesus in judgment of our sins, or we face the greater judgment without Him. Is that simple theology? Let me tell you, it's clear and it's gospel. Uh Dwight L. Moody used to say, ultimately, all of humanity will be heaped into two piles, saved and lost. There's no pile for the almost saved. There's no hope for the almost lost. You're either saved or you're lost. Which pile are you going to end up in? I don't know about you, but that moves me with holy fear. I want to be saved. I want my family and loved ones to be saved. I believe what God's word says. 
about eternity and about the judgment. And so it goes. Noah, the example of the man who faced God and believed God's promise to destroy the world. And so he feared for himself and his family, and he went about that work. Um, do I need to press this any further? I can't get to the next point of my sermon. In fact, I'm going to have to quit here, I think, and come back with it. But listen, this is it. This is what concerns me. I'm concerned about that kind of Christianity that fails to recognize the holiness of God and the call upon the church to be holy even as he is holy. Because we are living in a corrupt generation. And even the elect are deceived. We cannot look out into the world without immediately seeing the signs of a level of corruption and denial of God that even in our eyes makes this, worth, this generation worthy of judgment. How is it the mercy of God? The mercy of God continues. We don't know. We don't understand. And so, what do we need? What do we need to learn about faith? Okay. Part of faith ultimately leads us to the place where people don't need to tell us to get right with God because we know God and we fear God. You understand what I'm saying? Why don't you know why don't you do things that other people think are okay, this or that, and you know each of us have our our list of things that we'd kind of like to do if God would let us. Well, we no, I'm not I'm not making my decisions based on what other people think I should do or not do. I'm not going to do that because I fear God. I fear God. And I don't want to cheapen His grace. I don't want to commit that sin expecting God to forgive me so I can do it all over again. I don't want to sin so grace can abound. That's the way Paul says it. But I what? I fear God. And so I'm, I'm going to stay away from those things which are forbidden, condemned. Okay, I lost all track of my sermon. Let's, uh, <laughs> you're glad that I lost track of my sermon? Let's, uh, let's pray and we're going to wind things out. I'll, I'll come back if God gives me grace and I'll finish this message. Lord, thank you for Jesus Christ who is sufficient where we fall so very short, where there is no hope apart from Him. O oh Lord, 
Help us to realize the importance of believing in you. Lord, help us to face this generation with a heart that's turned towards you, where we truly fear you and seek to live for you by your grace. And Lord, we pray for uh, this generation, O oh God, for the Lord that we might be part of what's happening to save souls from the fire before it's too late. Help us, O oh God. Help us as a church, O oh God, to, to grow into our identity as faith chapel. And help us, O oh God, to encourage each other in trusting in you and becoming stronger and stronger disciples. We thank you for this time together. We ask you, God, to help us to see how to respond to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Please stand with me. We, uh, we, we're not going to take time for a closing song. Uh, we're going to uh, dismiss in just a moment. Those of you that would like to come forward and, and ask for prayer, We'll be glad to pray with you. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, and if I scared you this morning, and uh, you, want, you want some assurance of your salvation, don't hesitate to come up. Listen, God is gracious and loving and just and will give you the assurance to know that your heart is right with Him. And if you're not walking with God and you realize your need to rededicate your life to the Lord, just come to the altar. Just take a, take a moment to pray. If you want someone to pray with you, we'll be glad to do so. But Lord, thank you for this time together. And Lord, we ask you to dismiss us with your blessing. And Lord, help us to realize, oh God, that you have done everything necessary for our salvation. But you require of us that we believe, that we trust in you, and that we seek to obey you as, as, as humbly and as intentionally as we can. And so, Lord, thank you for this time together. Dismiss us with your blessing. In Jesus' name, amen.